Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, guys. Welcome back to another podcast episode. My name is Rielle, for those who don't know me, and I teach English as a second language. I teach you how to communicate in English with quality and fluidly. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about animal testing, which is a very sensitive topic. So if you are not willing to listen to what I have to say today, I completely understand. I'm not going to say anything that is just too impacting. Um, but I'm going to be really honest about my findings and we're going to discuss about this topic. Um, so if you feel that you're not able to handle this topic, um, feel free to click on another podcast episode and I'm sure that I'm going to find you later on. Um, and so why did I decide to talk about this? I think that is a very important and concerning matter and I don't think that people um, are really voiced they don't really speak up about what they believe and um, they, don't, they don't really set, set an example to others and they don't express their, their opinions about things that are very important. And, say, and, and sometimes there are people out there that need to know and understand your point of view because maybe they just don't know. It's not that they're opposed to your opinion or they have a different opinion, but maybe they just don't know. They don't have enough information. They don't have enough data. And so I teach an online course and this week's topic debate, debate, this week's debate topic is um, animal testing. And so I was studying for that and I was like, you know, this would be a great topic to post on my podcast because I really want to teach you English, but I also want to teach you using important topics. And so oftentimes I talk about ADHD, I talk about anxiety, I talk about life struggles because we all go through that and sometimes it's easy for us to feel alone, but you're not alone. And the same with um, animal testing. So if you don't know, I am vegetarian. I have stopped eating meat, I think maybe six years ago, because I came to a point that I loved animals, you know, all kinds and types of animals, from a bug to a cow. And I came across this question. So why, why do you you know, defend and love pets so much, such as dogs and cats, but you don't really care about the welfare of the other animals, such as cows and goats and, you know, those wild animals. And I was like, you know what? That's so true. I think I'm living a lie. I'm being hypocrite to my own beliefs because why do I care so much about cats and dogs, but I don't really care about the other animals' welfare? And so... Up to the point that I I didn't know, I didn't have information about animal testing, about you know the 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 meat industry. 
I just lived. A, I was living a lie, and when you start educating yourself and when you start trying to find answers, that's when you have to make a decision whether you support that kind of industry, industry and and actions and beliefs and system, or whether you do not. And so after. Coming across that question, I really started thinking. I was like, you know what? I do love all animals, and it doesn't really matter if it's a dog or a cow. I love them all because they all need to be treated respectfully. Don't you get mad when you see a poor dog being mistreated or abused? Don't you feel bad for those animals that、um, constantly, daily, sometimes suffer any kind of Cruelty, human cruelty. Because I do. So why do I care about their well、um, health and their well-being, but I don't care about the other animals' well-being? So, and I was like, you know, the food industry today—they're just so concerned about selling and making money. They don't really care about their animals, and sometimes labels can be very deceiving because it's there, right? Like no hormones or no cruelty, not all that. But when you go and you read about those labels, those different labels, and what they mean, you find out that it's just nice words to make you feel better about consuming those products. So that's why I stopped even consuming eggs. Because the egg industry doesn't really matter the label, you know,、um, pasture raised or、um, cage free eggs, they all have some sort of certain of cruelty involved. And so I was like, I'm not funding this. I'm not supporting this with my own money. Some people do really don't understand my point of view. They don't understand. Uh, my opinion, and some of them even judge me, which is funny because as a vegetarian, I am the nicest vegetarian you'll ever meet. I don't try to force you my beliefs, and I don't try to force you to eat veggies or fake meat or anything like that. And I don't really criticize you for doing so because I think we all have the free will. So you are your own person, and you know what's the what's best for you. And so I don't really try to convince people, but they do mock me, and they do try to convince me, coming with arguments such as, you know, God created all the animals for our, for our use. So you're, why don't you eat meat? And it's not that. So when we compare, when you know, Heavenly Father created all the creatures, and you know, from From the time where people、um, used to hunt for survival, and it was their only way to obtain food, and then you compare it to now, where it all became a money industry,、um, and people are just consuming more than they actually need or can. Not even mentioning about food waste, right? And so back then, animals weren't treated like they are today. And so I stopped eating meat, and then I was like, you know, as a vegetarian, the difference between vegetarians and vegans is that vegetarians they don't consume anything from the dead animal, such as jelly or jello, actually, or let me see another gum, even gum. Right, so 
anything that comes from the dead animal, we don't consume. But we still consume things, products that come from the living animals, such as cheese and, and milk, which I'm trying to stop, right? Also, vegans, they try their best to not consume any products that were tested on animals, and that's the topic today. Because I've realized that I sure need to also worry about the welfare and the well-being of the living animals that are under poor circumstances um, just because I want to look prettier or smell good. So everything that you wear, such as perfumes and makeup and lotions, they are most of them are tested on animals. And thanks to technology and improvements in studies and research, now we have you know, alternatives to animal testing. So we have now brands that are cruelty-free cruelty certified. And that's another thing that people um, are confused about. So when you get a product and the product is vegan, it doesn't really mean necessarily that the product is cruelty-free. What it means is that that product doesn't have anything from the animal. So it doesn't have any animal substance or chemical or, or anything. Now, when the product is cruelty-free, it doesn't really mean that it's free from animal substances, um, but it means that it wasn't tested on animals. So your best choice is to buy products that are cruelty-free and vegan. If you, if you are uncertain because some companies don't do a good job labeling their products, you can also Google and one website that I really like and I really trust is PETA, P-E-T-A. And so one of the things is that, you know, people are, are really concerned about the things they put on their skin because maybe they're allergic to it or maybe you will react badly and it will give them, you know, side effects or it will just cause them um, some sort of illness or reaction, right? So that's called consumer safety. So a product needs to be um, worried about consumer safety, meaning that it needs to be safe for humans to consume that product. And so I don't know if you know, but each year more than 100 million animals, including mice, rats, frogs and dogs, cats, rabbits, even cats, guys, hamster, guinea pigs, monkeys, fish and birds are killed in the U.S laboratories for biology reasons, medical training, curiosity, that's the saddest one, curiosity-driven experimentation and chemical drug, food and cosmetics testing. And so from my makeup to the detergent that I use to wash my dishes, I'm really concerned if that product is cruelty-free and also plant-based because it doesn't have those chemicals that will really harm my skin. Um, before, you know, most of the animals or pretty much all of the animals um, that are in the laboratories, they have a expiration date. They will eventually die. But before they do so, before they die, you know, they spend hours suffering cruelty um, actions for, you know, pointless and sometimes useless research purposes. So some animals have holes drilled into their skulls and others have their skin burned off or their spinal cords crushed. Um, and 
Furthermore, you know, the torment of the actual experiments, animals in laboratories are deprived of everything that is natural and important to them, such as, you know, their, their habitat or other animals. So they are confined to a barren cage or to barren cages. And if, you are, if you're not familiar with the word barren, don't worry, I wasn't too, but I researched. So barren actually has a lot of meanings. But when you are using barren as an adjective to describe a place, it means that that place or building, it's bleak or lifeless. It's dull. So they are confined to lifeless cages or barren cages. They are socially isolated and psychologically traumatized. The thinking, feeling animals who are used in experiments are treated like nothing more than disposable laboratory equipment. And I don't even know, when I was reading this, I, I didn't really know how people or researchers or whatever, they can live with themselves knowing that they're causing pain, physical and mental pain in animals. Well, animals don't think, they don't have emotions. I'm sorry, my friend, but they do research about those. They do, if plants have emotions, why do not animals, just because they don't communicate in the same language as you, or maybe because they don't think the same as you? I gave a, a podcast, I think, last month about those turtles, and they have, you know, a brain of a, hu a grape size shape, but... But it's is it because they have smaller brains that they don't feel pain or happiness and sadness? It's, is, is that true? I don't believe that. I don't think that the size of a brain determines whether an animal feel or don't feel, feels or don't feel um, any sort of emotion. And there was a research poll and that was very interesting because according to this poll, 52% of US adults opposed to use of animals in scientific research. And other surveys suggest that this, the shrinking group, so shrinking because it's getting smaller and smaller, um, they, they do not accept animal experimentation um, because they, they accept, actually, animal experimentation because they think that it's necessary for medical progress, which we are going to debunk um, later on this podcast. The majority of animal experiments do not contribute to improving human health, and the value of the role that animal experimentation plays in most, in most medical advances is questionable. I'm going to be talking about some um, quotes from specialists, right? So diseases such as AIDS or cancer, um, or it's a variety of diseases types, they are artificially induced in animals in laboratory. They don't have the option to opt out or to leave. They are there. They are captives of laboratories experiments that are not even leading to any scientific improvement. So whether they are they be mice or monkeys, um, they are never identical to those that occur naturally in human beings. So first of all, and that's really important to understand, the, the artificial diseases that are induced, they're not even close to or identical to those who actually occur, strike human beings. 
And so also because biology is just a, such a complex topic, you know, one animal is different from the other animal. That's why we have veterinarians that are specialists in wild animals, pets and all that, because they differ in biology. So how do you expect to have a significant or reliable result from one type of animal, knowing that biology-wise, we all differ? So animal species differ from one another biologically in many significant ways. And so it becomes even more unlikely that any that animal experiments will yield, yield results that will be correctly interpreted and applied to the human condition in a meaningful way. And so now let's talk about this quote from the, Nash, the former National Cancer Institute director, Dr. Richard Klausner. He said, we have cured mice of cancer for decades and it simply didn't work in humans. And I don't know if you guys know, but those experiments they are very expensive and sometimes funded by you because you pay taxes or because you support a company that um, supports animal testing. And so the former National Institutes of Health director, Dr. Elias, and I don't, I don't know how to say his last name, Zorhoni, Zorhoni, whatever, he acknowledged that experimenting on animals has been a boondog boondoggle. And if you're not familiar with that term, don't worry. So boondoggle means to work or activity that is wasteful or pointless, but gives you the appearance, but gives the appearance of having value. So it's very a misguiding um, type of experiment because it looks, you know, worthy and valued, but then if you take a closer look and you know what they're doing, you will see that that work or the activity is actually wasteful and pointless. So that's why he said, like, experimenting, experimenting on animals has been a boondoggle. We have moved away from studying human disease in humans, he said. We all drank the Kool-Aid on that one, me included. And if you're not familiar with cool, drinking the Kool-Aid, don't worry. That's a very common one that we use in English. And so if you watch series or movies, you will see that people oftentimes use this expression. It's a very informal expression and it means to when you obey and someone or something blindly. So you don't question, you don't ask any sort of questions, you don't doubt, you're just, you're very obedient, blindly obedient to that thing or to that someone. So we, we all drank the Kool-Aid on that one, me included. So he said that, you know, he thought that animal testing was something that would impact researchers, research and, and provide solutions and cures to many diseases. But that didn't really happen. And so he said, it's time we stopped dancing around the problem. We need to refocus and adapt new methodologies for using humans to understand disease biology in humans. And so let's talk about some facts here. At least 85 AIDS or HIV vaccines have been successful in non-human primate, primate studies. And in 2015, every one of those has failed to protect humans. Do you know how much money we're talking about here? Just to researching and making, do, uh, 
doing those experiments and also um, testing on humans and then failing. In one case, an AIDS vaccine even that was shown to be effective in monkeys failed in human clinical trials because it did not prevent people from developing AIDS. And some believe that it made them more susceptible, 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 susceptible to the disease. I'm so sorry. Um, there are also a research published in the journal Annals of Internal Medicine and it was said that universities commonly exer 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 oh my gosh what is happening with my dictation today exaggerate findings from animal experiments conducted in their laboratories and so they are not really truthful with their research and outcomes and so they often promote research that has uncertain relevance to human health and do not provide key facts or acknowledge important limitations one study of media coverage of scientific meetings concluded that news stories often omit crucial information and that the public may be misled about the validity and relevance of the science presented. So you are in the dark even when you're trying to find information. So don't really trust everything you read, right? Because most of them, they don't publish their failed animal studies. They don't publish things that are very relevant. They, they omit important information. And so they make you believe that the research is going great and it's leading to great findings, but they're actually not. Many laboratories that use only these species are not required by law. So here we're going to be talking now about animal testing because we have two types of laboratories, those that are not regulated. And so it means that there's there are no laws to protect animals' welfare. And then we have the regulated laboratories that, in theory, you know, care about the animals' welfare. And they have inspectors that go to those laboratories to really check if all the laws are being met. And so many laboratories that use species that use animals for animal testing are not required by law to provide animals with pain relief or veterinary care to search for and consider alternatives to you to animal use or to have an institutional committee review proposed experiments it means that animals are tested and they feel it all all the pain and they don't really have a doctor to care for them afterwards they don't have veterinary care and this is so sad some estimates indicate that as many as 800 u.s laboratories are not subject to federal laws and inspections because they experiment exclusively on mice rats and other animals whose use is largely unregulated as for more than 11,000 facilities that are regulated, but you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because 11,000 are regulated, but we only have 120 inspectors. They, they, they are not able to inspect all of the, of the laboratories. They, it's just a lot of work for a few people, you know, so. Who knows if those laboratories are really following the, the regulations. So reports have repeatedly concluded that even the minimal standards set forth by the 
AWA, which is the organization that, you know, it's responsible for um, regulating, are not being met by these facilities and institutionally based oversight bodies um, have failed to carry out their mandate, meaning that it's a tragedy. But really, what's the alternative? We have so many alternatives. And if you think about where, you know, we started and where you are right now, you will see the technology has advanced so much. We are making robots. We are creating human cells in laboratories. And so there are many ways, but people are just overseeing those, thinking that animal testing, it's the more viable and um, reliable testing, but it's really not. So if you think about human volunteers, where it's not included anything that will harm them, or it's not really, vi it's non-violent experiments. There's also sophisticated, sophisticated compu computational methods. People amaze you with their brain. And so you would not believe the machines you have today and the program softwares that we have to analyze and to um, find answers and just to use and research. We also have vitro studies based on human cells and tissues are critical to the advancement of medicine. There is also a cutting-edge non-animal research. So cutting-edge, like really new, non-animal and like top-notch, like really um, a, a top-notch method in, in technology. So a cutting-edge non-animal research methods are available and have been shown time and again to be more accurate than crude animal experiments. And you can also try to find more alternatives to animal testing. But be aware of the products that you buy. Be aware what you're funding, what you are supporting. Even um, by not knowing, you're choosing um, to harm those poor animals. Sometimes knowledge is powerful. And so I really urge you to, you know, get informed, research, and help them. So if you go to PETA website, the pet, the PETA, what's PETA, I think it's how it's at PETA or PETA website. They have ways that you can help. You can also, if you live in the US or even if you are a non-resident or if you are a resident, you can um, see ways that you can help those animals by signing petitions or sending to your le legislator, which I just did this morning. There are many ways that you can help. Just choose to know and choose to help. That's what I urge you to do. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I'll see you next week. Bye.